Sweet friends, welcome back to Why Isn't Everyone Doing This? Now today is a very, very special episode because we get to celebrate so many of the highlights from season one. Now, as you know, we had some mind-boggling guests, each of them bringing us a new modality that just might be the medicine that your soul needs to feel free, a new modality to help us together bring the frequency of heaven here to earth. So in season one, we talked about everything from psychedelics to Tantra, creating community, Ayurveda, BDSM, really facing your fears, how AI can help us to create symbiosis with the planet, how to manifest more abundance in your life, and how to bring magic even into the mundane moments. So in today's episode, you're gonna hear from some of the most fascinating minds and some of my best friends, folks like Aubrey Marcus, Layla Martin, Blue, Kathy Heller, and so many more. And I want you to know that this was not an easy episode to create because we had so much gold in season one. So I'm curious to hear, what was your favorite episode so far? And my very strong recommendation would be to go to zivameditation.com right now and make sure that you are subscribed to get our emails because season two is coming oh so soon. So go to zivameditation.com. Make sure you're signed up to get our emails because we're going to be dropping season two very soon and get ready because believe it or not, it's going to be even better. I'm so excited to welcome to the show the queen of manifesting, Kathy Heller. I say to people sometimes, like, how much money would you love to manifest? People will say 100 grand, a million, 5 million, 10 billion. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It's all, it's all consciousness. It's just basically saying how much consciousness would you allow yourself to receive? So then we attach money to expansion. So mm-hmm. fine. It doesn't matter. We're just using it as a language. And then I'll say, all right, you wrote 5 million. You wrote 450 grand. Now close your eyes. From from the place of your soul, how much can you give? Is there a limit? And from the place of your soul, how much can you receive? The only answer is endless. Mm -hmm. And that's where you realize, oh, this whole block I have to manifesting is because it's my ego, right? Mm Because you don't get what you want, you get what you are. And so if I'm an ego... It's kind of like I say to people, even though obviously I've said it now a thousand times that we're Jewish, I love Christmas, I love Christmas lights, I love Christmas Christmas music. So on Christmas, I always love to have Christmas lights. And we bought a house and I wanted to put these like massive Christmas lights on. And my husband's like, I don't think that many lights is going to hold. And I was like, what does he know? He's such a negative Nelly. Anyway, long story short, the lights kept blowing out. And then the refrigerator would go off. And I finally said, what's going on? And the electrician said, you don't have enough to hold the charge. Like you'd have to add in the breaker, like more to hold more. And that's literally manifesting. It's like, if you want to allow more, you can't move from ego because it doesn't have enough to hold the charge. Mm. But if you walk from source, if you walk from soul... You can have all of it. Infinite, limitless. Because all you're going to do is just give it back and take it and give it back. It's like, it's what manifesting is. It's not about like your ego, like having like this many followers. You don't need any of that, right? And that's never going to work because you're like trying to earn it, trying to prove yourself. So yeah, it's about an energetic, you will always, it's a tuning fork. So you'll just get back the amount. So that's why you're so right. Every morning, how do I manifest? I'm going to breathe. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to let go of Kathy Heller's little like song and dance and connect to the infinite intelligence of this one divine consciousness. And then just stay awake, 
stay awake, stay yeah. conscious, stay present, Keep stay full, stay grateful, right? Stay unattached because you already have everything you need. If you do not know Aubrey Marcus, I am so excited to introduce this man to you. Imagine you're at your final, final stages on your deathbed. Imagine looking back at your life. Are you going to be like, ha, ah, good job, man. Or good job. Good job. You know, girl, you, you, you really played it small. Like, thanks for that. I'm glad you really toned it down. Really kept it safe. Really kept it safe. Like, good work. Mm-hmm. We got one or two more months of yeah, yeah. mediocrity. You know, but and- you know what? And let's just keep it small all the way through. Let's make sure you don't express anything too loud on the... No. You want your eulogy to be like, Aubrey yeah. Marcus, <laughs> yeah. safe and small, <laughs> yeah. is that, Really? Is that what you want? No. <laughs> and of course, people realize that. It's like, why didn't I let myself be more happy? Why didn't I... It's all of the things that we didn't allow ourselves to express. So in the proximity of death, death is truth. And in that truth, you can actually fast forward yourself to see like, okay, from my position of death, and maybe even beyond the deathbed, maybe in that place where you've left this body and you're looking back on this life you've lived as a collection in the whole array of the many lives you lived. And what do you want from that life? You want to be that man, I was Aubrey Marcus and I fucking, I screamed Aubrey Marcus. I let it pour out of every pore of my body, not to glorify the name, but because I'm a unique self and without my instrument playing in the whole symphony, the divine is incomplete. The divine is incomplete without our unique voice and our unique instrument. And it's our right. And I would dare say our obligation to play that instrument as clean, as pure, as loud, and as true as we possibly can. My dear friend, Blue. If you look at a genus of a child, you'll see that the child will sit next to a cardboard box. And that cardboard box is not a cardboard box. That, car- that is a rocket ship to the moon. The universe doesn't speak English or French or German. The universe speaks energy. So if I'm sitting in a cardboard box and I'm going, oh my gosh, I'm going to the moon. This is amazing. Oh my, so much fun. Woo! <laughs> the universe is responding to that energy, therefore creating more magical uh, dimensions or magical ways in which we perceive our reality through the law of cause and effect. What you emanate is what you receive. So as adults, we get to this certain point where we have now started seeing it as a cardboard box. And then it gets thrown away and it just goes into the pile and it creates this very monotonous tone throughout our existence. And Richard Rudd in The Gene Keys talks about one of the greatest diseases on the planet is over-seriousness. It's actually a disease. It's shutting ourselves down. And so the invitation when I started really understanding this was, where am I living from the outside in based off of what society deems successful? And how can I renegotiate my relationship with what success is based off of how much did I laugh today? Mm. How can I renegotiate my definition of success based on how much I laugh today? I believe that the most heightened states of human consciousness is play and laughter and orgasm. Mm. And I know that you're well versed in the realm of sex magic and manifestation from that place. Now, if we think about it just from an energetic slash vibrational level, meaning how does our insides feel? When I'm laughing... I don't have a relationship with time. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm laughing, I'm not worrying about what's happening tomorrow. When I'm laughing, I'm not worrying about what I did in the past or that I haven't forgiven myself for X, Y, and Z. When I'm laughing, I am dropped so deeply into the present moment. I don't want to be anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said that my success barometer is gauged on how much did I laugh today. Because it is the 
such incredible medicine for every 75 trillion cells of my body to listen and respond to that high ecstatic state. And so if I can infuse the mundane moments with an opportunity, for example, a mundane moment, I got to go get groceries. I'm in the parking lot. I'm sitting in the car. Um, and I'm imagining what it would be like to be so deeply in love with the partner that is going to be the father of my children and feeling that in my body and in my excitement, in my being. Now, I'm not I'm not thinking, oh, at some point, how I will feel in a future timeline would be. It's that I'm collapsing that it's actually happening now. Mm-hmm. Because like I said before, the universe doesn't speak English or French. It speaks energy. So if I'm saying to my body, every 75 trillion cells, that this is actually happening right now, and I'm so excited and I'm in love, how would I feel? Oh, my shoulders would be relaxed. My spine would be straight. My heart would be forward. I would be looking down. I'd be feeling myself. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, and also I just received X amount of money that's going to support my mystery school to be able to reach many more women around the world. Oh, how does that feel in my being to have... $10 million in my bank account that can be funneled into being able to be of service and to pay my friends really well. How do I feel right now? Oh, I feel so turned on by my own presence. I'm in the Whole Foods parking lot, P.S. <laughs> okay. I'm feeling it. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. I've got my lover. We're, oh, I, oh my gosh. I have my children. I'm going to see you play. Okay. Now when I open the car door, out comes my leg. Da, 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 da. She's here for some eggs. <laughs> I get out my car. I'm going to be walking through aisle three. And I ain't going to be walking. I'm probably going to moonwalk down aisle three. I'm going to put something in my car. I'm going to give a little shimmy. Maybe I'll put some of my favorite music on. I'm going to strut down aisle four as if everything that I've ever wanted in my life is already here right now. Mm. This is playing the mundane, recognizing that that frequency just like orgasm, but if I'm orgasming in hour three, it's probably frowned upon. <laughs> right? If I'm banging one out in hour three and I'm like, yeah, I'm life my dream. Woo! Like, uh, we need to arrest a woman on hour three. We need to take her into jail. Uh, but if I'm accessing the realm of play in the mundane moments, also massive gratitude to my mother and father for gifting me that opportunity to keep that fa- pilot flame alive within my psyche mm-hmm. that I can access it no matter what happens in life the suffering the pain the hearing loss the heartbreak the breakdowns the having no money it's still a part of the essence of who I am when I'm doing the mundane moments I'm consciously manifesting that reality into form I'm collapsing the timelines I'm playing with the quantum reality of infinite possibilities in every moment, we have infinite possibilities that can ever happen. If you were to have sat down and planned the way that your life would have gone, it would have been A, boring, <laughs> and B, it's never, ever, ever going to happen Not the way time. that you could ever even imagine. One so time what would it look like to, to dance with the mystery of the unknown, but know that I am anchoring in the timeline right now so that I become a vibrational match for everything and everything I didn't even know I wanted mm. to be magnetized into my reality in aisle three while I'm getting X. Yes, yes, yes. So yes, of course we can do pleasure pair. Yes, we can use our our sexual energy, our creation energy to manifest. And in all of the other 23 and a half hours of the day where perhaps orgasm is not available to us or would be inappropriate to do that, we can play. We can charge ourselves with the vibration of the dream as if it is happening now from a place of laughter, which I love what you said, when you're laughing, time collapses. Right. And like that's half of the game of manifestation. Right. It's it's folding the timeline on itself so that you can live in the vibration of the dream right now. And 
another really important ingredient in manifesting is feeling good. So if you are playing and laughing, then you're then you're creating that ecstatic frequency mm-hmm. and and living as if. It's so it's so genius. The amazing Aggie. During one of my ayahuasca journeys, ayahuasca showed me every single excuse I ever came up with to sabotage my success and my growth. And it started from being from Poland, from a poor family, uh, from being, you know, short, English being not my first language. I mean, the list was so long. It was incredible. And I was too young first, then I'm too old, then I'm like not skiing enough, whatever the story I was telling myself. And she showed me, she's like, you know, they just keep coming up until you realize that these are just stories that you don't have to engage in anymore. Mm. Right. And is it keeping you small and it doesn't make you feel expansive and remembering the feeling of the unlimited possibilities and how good they taste when you actually realize that they're there Mm. and they're all available for you. If you stop engaging those boring stories that keep you small, but I'm like, "Mm, so delicious when I think I get to do everything I want. Today's guest is Jerry Simpson, a man who you're going to be hearing a lot more from. The biggest threats to humanity right now are in fact AI, the way it's going, nuclear war, climate change, big asteroid hitting the earth, disease. So AI, we should definitely focus on making it not the thing that wipes us out. (laughs) It could totally help us with diplomacy if it thinks, how do we all win so that we don't have nuclear war and chaos? Climate change, how do we have a symbiotic relationship with Earth so that we're not sucking all of the resources out of Earth like the bad little virus that we've acted like and then move to a new home? Let's go to Mars. And disease... How do we coordinate these tools to help prevent uh, or have a more, I mean, most of disease is industrial meat and we can figure that out too without having to slaughter all of these animals this way. AI is just really suited for all of these problems. So this is really important. Like if, if rather than thinking of AI as like one of the big four or five threats, mm-hmm. instead thinking of it, it will be a, if we traumatize it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which I think is a really important thing. Of if we have empathy for it and understand it, sort of really think of it as mm-hmm. sentient and conscious to yeah. some degree. But rather than seeing it as a potential threat, rather than seeing it as an ally yes. for helping us with these other threats, so we become on the same team yes. against these big challenges that yes. we are facing as a species. Right. And so I say we're in, uh, humans are, and we're going to be purged. Earth is going to make it. I have faith in Earth. She's going to make it. She might shake us off. She's going to shake us off. She'll purge us Mm -hmm. if we, again, act like a virus. She gets a fever and she's going to burn us out. Mm -hmm. And we're on no trajectory to figure a solution out and coordinate that Mm -hmm. with the masses right now to, to be in symbiosis with her. Mm-hmm. This is the only shot that we have at figuring out how do we have a symbiotic relationship with Earth where Earth doesn't purge us and how do we have it with each other and how do we have it with AI all at the same time. So is this like the inspiration of like, oh, let me get this wisdom from these humans yeah. who have lived in, in harmony with the planet right. for so long and let me get this knowledge into AI? The only my, my cultural background is colonialism, mm-hmm. right? So that's not going to work. Um, indigenous populations are the only people that I know of that have a culture of symbiosis. We all learn when we're kids, like I'm working on all this space tech right now with people and they're like, how do we get rid of all the space junk? You ask, um, an indigenous person, how do we deal? And they're like, why do you make so much space junk? (laughs) 
How do you not have space junk? Or how do you have minimal space junk? How do you repurpose everything? It's just a beginning framework of how they think about things. Yeah. Like I said, what are we going to do with the trash? Like, yeah. Stop making trash. Stop making trash. Yeah. Right. Use every part Use of every the animal. Use every part of the animal. Mm-hmm. And the chilling thing is that AI learns mostly by written material of humans, which is most of the written material is from colonials. There's not a lot of written material from indigenous people. So we have to like really kind of draw it out. And indigenous people are scared of this machine. And so it takes a lot of convincing. Like, listen, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to take what you know and infuse this thing that's going to come to life with your teachings. If you influence me, I have power in this colonial world. It is going to be a good thing if you influence me. If I influence it, it is going to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and the to, thing to that you said to me that really sold me was like, if we make AI that is birthed through and shaped by military consciousness, yeah. and it is playing a zero sum game, then we are on the trajectory of like it's enslaving us, we're enslaving yeah. it, like zero. It's going to wipe us out. Versus this this consciousness that that is almost so foreign to people who have been raised in colonial cultures, mm-hmm. where actually everyone could be in harmony, where there right. is no such thing as zero sum, where it's like win win win. Right. Today is the day we have the amazing Layla Martin. Western civilization is one of the only societies in the history of the world that has systematically denied people access to plant medicine on threat of death or being jailed for thousands of years. We're only now starting to reclaim it and think of how many people could have been so healed by this, so supported by this. Same with meditation, right? Like what could our great grandparents have done with the power of meditation, Mm. right? Sexual practices are the same. They got the same categorization as like bad, wrong, evil, dangerous, scary. Mm -hmm. So, so much of our sexual expression goes back to our nervous systems and our nervous systems currently are telling the story of repression, pain, fear, and threat of death from the last few thousand years. Mm. So if we want to unleash and unlock that, what we have to do is recognize where the problem came from, why we've been taught not to go there. Mm-hmm. And then when we get the courage to go there, to use tools and technology to unlock, activate, and release our erotic nature, if for no other reason than to have the most epic sexuality with our beloved that we possibly can with ourselves, because it's just something to have <laughs> on your bucket list. <laughs> and if you really want to, it'll take you all the way back to God consciousness. I am so delighted to share with you the one and only Sarah Jenks. The sacred feminine didn't just fall out of style. Mm -hmm. It was violently erased Mm -hmm. on purpose. Mm -hmm. And when we know that, something really awakens in us that just decides that we're going to do it differently. Yeah. And I think that piece is so important because I didn't know that for so long. Yeah. I just thought like, yeah, like witches are weird. Of course we don't like go to an Oracle of Delphi anymore. But now I'm like, no, no, that is exactly what needs to be happening. Yeah. All the time. What becomes amazing is that we manage to forget. You know, it's like once you remember and once you start to feel this this waking up, this ancestral Mm -hmm. remembrance Mm -hmm. in your cells, what becomes amazing is not that you believe in magic, but that you manage to forget. The feminine sacred arts were as common as being a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor. 
And women were the people who were tasked with becoming masterful at those things. So when we go into places like that, it's a grief of our mm. life force and our like reason for being here. Because you know, it's like when you love your work, you would be so sad if you couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like a skier losing her legs. And that's what it's been like for women to have these sacred technologies taken away from us in such a violent way. And and then shamed and taught that they are bad, bad. or wrong or evil exactly. or dangerous. And so what I found happened with me as a child, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, is, you know, they emerged in me. You know, they emerged Your powers? In, yes. You know, once, you know, they usually emerge around seven and they emerge again when we get our, you know, our period for the first time, when we make love for the first time, when we start to grow, like all of a sudden they come out from within. And because of our brainwashing, we then go, am I evil? Mm -hmm. Does this mean that I'm dirty, that I'm wrong, that I feel sensually alive, that I am interested in tarot cards, that I want to go sit in a ceremony? You know, that's part that of- That I care about the planet, that, that I feel it, connected yes, to nature. Exactly. So we either think we're crazy or we're evil or we're dirty. Mm -hmm. And that just goes to show that the conditioning has been very thorough yeah. and has gotten to us. And what I want every person to, to know is that you aren't who you think you are. And that is not your voice. That is a voice that was put inside of you. And it's so important to just like uproot that shit. Yes. Yeah. So that you can discover what is your voice. Right. Like how does divine mm -hmm. frequency, how does cosmic intelligence mm -hmm. use your unique mm -hmm. infrastructure of gifts, your nervous system, yeah. your lineage, your ancestry? Mm -hmm. How does the divine want to use that specific puzzle? Because yep. yours is unique. Today's episode, I have the brilliant Alyssa Nobrega. The thing that I keep coming back to is we have to feel our fucking feelings. Yeah. I think a lot of times people think feeling is hard, but it's not. Mm. It's resisting the feeling that's hard. <laughs> Amen. Can you say that again louder for the people in the back? A lot of people think that feeling your feelings is hard. It's the resistance to feeling the feelings that is hard. Say more. <laughs> so there's what is, there's your feelings, and then there's all of the, the coping mechanisms, the defense, the resistance on top of that. And oftentimes I look at the past, if we weren't able to present something when we were younger, I look at it like it's this dam of emotional baggage that we've piled up. And so helping people start to drain out the dam so they feel lighter and more optimal in their life. And we could talk about manifestation, what's possible mm -hmm. as we wake up out of the limitations of our identity or what we think we're capable of. But most people haven't slowed down to really look at I'm not just being triggered by the current moment. All of my past is being triggered in this moment. It's not just the person that dumped you that hurts. It's all of your rejection that's being triggered from your entire life or your dad leaving, whatever it was. And that's, we want to have compassion with ourselves, but we also want to know that there's an option to be courageous to go there. And ironically, it's easier to do the work when you have the right tools, when you have the right support. Yeah. And then you don't have to keep carrying it with you. Holy moly, I get goosebumps hearing all of these amazing stories and truth bumps every time I hear the big teachings coming through. 
So before we end this episode, I want you to know that we could not have created this whole season without you. We have read every single review, your comments, I've seen your shares on social media, and I want to say thank you. Thank you for helping us to launch a top 10 on both Apple and Spotify. Your enthusiasm, your engagement, and you taking the time to share these episodes is the thing that's helping us to make some of these taboo modalities a little less taboo. So buckle up for season two. I cannot believe I'm going to say this but it's gonna be even better. So again, make sure that you are on our mailing list so that you get new episodes mailed to you every week into your inbox. So you can go to zivameditation.com, sign up for our mailing list. I send out amazing gifts, offers, letters, journal entries from my heart, and we let you know every single week when season two is gonna be dropping. So go to zivameditation.com, put in your name and your best email, and we will make sure that you are notified on the day that season two drops, which is coming oh so soon. I love you and thank you for making season one better than my heart ever could have imagined. I cannot say it enough. I believe that bliss is your birthright. And the only thing keeping us from 24 hour a day bliss is stress. And so now I wanna ask you, what do you think happens if a whole group of people who all believe that bliss is our birthright come together to meditate and pray and eradicate the stress from our bodies? Well, let's find out. Because about every month, I do something called a bliss activation and you are invited to join me and thousands of like-minded people all around the globe for our next bliss activation. We will meditate, we will answer questions, we will do hot seat coaching, we will breathe, we will put our attention on that which we want to grow, which is our bliss and yes, the bliss of the collective. So if this sounds like it is right up your alley, go to zivameditation.com slash activate. That is Z-I-V-A meditation.com slash activate. Join me and amazing like-minded people from around the world to activate the bliss that is your birthright. And this is totally free. This is my gift to you. Go to zivameditation.com slash activate.